Thank you for listening to this audio from Trinity Presbyterian Church in Spartanburg, South Carolina. For more information about Trinity, visit our website, trinityspartanburg.com. Are we ready to dive into God's Word this morning? Good. Well, let's pray, and we will do so. Let's pray. Our Father, we thank you for this, your Lord's Day. And though it's cold and rainy, Father, we know that uh, in you is light and warmth and love. And so, Father, as we fix our minds upon you, I pray that we would uh, remember that you are a, a protecting Father. You are good to us. You are gracious. And, Father, I pray that we would love you, that we would speak of you, that we would um, delight in you above everything else. Guide us during this, uh, this hour we have together, and may you be honored and glorified, we pray in Jesus' name, amen. Amen. So we're continuing on in our class on Christian rigor. These are areas in the Christian life where we will uh, need to work. Uh, we will need to work hard. This is, again, when we talk about work and faith and rigor, we don't want to make the mistake, which would be to abandon the gospel. When we talk about rigor and work in the Christian life, we're not talking about work leading to justification. That we are not doing, okay? We don't believe in works righteousness. But we do believe that pursuing sanctification takes work. There should be rigor in the Christian walk. There should be uh, striving. There, you have to avail yourselves of the means of grace, like the Word of God, prayer, the sacraments. And so... This is about pursuing our sanctification, obedience to the Lord arising from a heart into which the love of God has been poured out by His Spirit. And so, today our topic is boasting. Boasting. And so the opening question this week is, is there anything we don't like to boast about? We boast about everything. We boast about what's bad in our lives, even. We boast and we boast and we boast. And we, it's amazing how many things we actually boast about. If you think about the things you talk about, it may be that you go a whole day and everything you say is a boast. Everything. Everything is an attempt to increase other people's view of your excellence, right? Even if it's negative things, right? You're trying actually to get sympathy and, and, and uh, show people how much you've suffered, right? So we boast and we boast and we boast. We boast about what cereal we eat for breakfast. We boast about our preferred energy drinks, food. We boast about what we eat and what we certainly will not eat, right? We boast and we boast and we boast, and we talk about um, the benefits of all of those things. 
We boast about our achievements. This we like to do, right? This we like to slip into conversations. You know, back in the day, you know, I got a doctorate. We boast where we work. We boast about where we got our degrees, our education. We boast about our diets. We boast about our workouts. We boast about our materials, what gadgets we have, what new gadgets we've got. We boast about our bodies. We uh, boast about where we have traveled. We boast about our failures, even. Twist those around. We boast about our sufferings. You know, I've, I've endured kidney stones. You haven't. Um, I've endured childbirth. You haven't. Uh, we, we boast about those things we have endured. We boast about the cars we drive. We boast about plans we make. I have to go adjust the mic. We boast about the plans we make, don't we? I'm going to do this. I'm going to do that. We boast, 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 boast. We boast about uh, the plans we have made, whether they're realistic or not, right? Well, we're going to, I'm, you know, I'm, I'm going to do this. And I've always wanted to do this. And here's my bucket list, and I'm going to get it done. Even though they may be just outlandish sort of things that you've made to boast in. You boast, we also boast in our keeping of the law. Of all things, we boast in our keeping of the law. Uh, I, you know, I, uh, I've kept those from my youth, says the rich young ruler. I've kept all those commandments from my youth. And so, I mean, just going through that list, is there anything we'd talk about if we, if we didn't have the, the motivation, the impetus to boast. I think we'd, we'd speak about things less. Certainly men to men, there would be less conversation with one another because every conversation seems to become a competition about proving oneself and proving one's experiences. And, and subtly, you know, vaunting yourself over others. So, boasting. What does it mean to boast? Here's the 1828 Webster Dictionary definition of the intransitive verb. To brag or vaunt oneself to make an ostentatious display in speech of one's own worth, property, or actions. Two, to glory, to speak with laudable pride and ostentation of meritorious uh, persons or things, and three, to exalt oneself. That puts the pin on it. To exalt oneself, the, in, the transitive verb to display in ostentatious language, to speak, of, to speak of with pride, vanity, or exaltation with a view to self-commendation. Right? Speak excessly and speak with these glowing terms all for the purpose of congratulating yourself. 
vaunting yourself, putting yourself up above others. Um, to exalt in confident expectation, all of those. So what does it mean to boast? Um, as Christians, when we boast in the manner that I've been talking about, the, it's self, I think this is what I want you to remember, it's self-glorying, okay? It's self-glorying which steals from God's glory. That's boasting. That's bad boasting. Self-glorying which usurps God's glory. That's what it means to boast badly. And, and you know, that's just words. Self-glorying. That's just words. But it may help to think of it this way, that um, boasting is attempting to establish yourself independent of God. That's what it is. It's, it's putting stock in all the things you are and have done in and of themselves, independent of God, who gave you all those things, if they're good. Right? So it's, it's like independence from God, and it's um, trying to establish yourself. Now, if Christians boast, then the, the, the world far excels uh, the boasting of Christians because that's all they have. They do not acknowledge God, and so all they have is the God of self. And so everything they're doing is in service to their God, which is their, themselves, right? And so that is all a pagan does, is boast and boast and boast and boast and boast. And that's why so many people are violent and angry, and depressed. Because the God they serve is so fickle. Their self, right? Their God wakes up on the wrong side of the bed some days. And their God does stupid things. And it's frustrating to them, and then they lose their boast. So this is boasting, self-glorying which usurps God's glory. This is bad boasting, but not all boasting is bad, right? There is good boasting. Uh, we are urged to boast. We are commanded to boast in Scripture. And so uh, the, the main verse today, or verses, I have two verses that I want us to consider as the main verses, and I put these forward as, again, Christian rigor is about searching the scriptures and finding those exhortations and then scratching our head and saying, if that's true, am I willing to obey it? If that will glorify God, my obeying that, that exhortation, am I willing right now to do it or is there something holding me back that I need to deal with? So 1 Corinthians 1, turn to 1 Corinthians 1 if you have a Bible. And we'll pick up at 26. For consider your calling, brethren, that there were not many wise according to the flesh. Not many mighty, not many noble. But God has chosen the foolish things of the world to shame the wise. And God has chosen the weak things of the world to shame the things which are strong. 
and the base things of the world and the despised God has chosen, the things that are not, so that he may nullify the things that are, so that no man may boast before God. But by his doing you are in Christ Jesus, who became to us wisdom from God and righteousness and sanctification and redemption, so that just as it is written, let him who boasts, boast in the Lord. All right, so there's a lot in that. There's a lot in that passage. The Corinthian church was proud. It was a proud church. They were proud of the excess. They were, in a sense, proud of the the sins of the congregation, proud of the incest that was taking place in their congregation. And so Paul, in these two letters to the Corinthians, is trying to burst their bubble. He's pulling all the stops. You read 2 Corinthians especially, and he gets into boasting, and he, gets, he just goes after them. Okay, I mean, even, even uh, at the end of chapter 4, what do you desire? Shall I come to you with a rod or with love and a spirit of gentleness? Right? I mean, he's, he's, he's working on them, as pastors should do and as the apostles certainly did. Okay? And so they're proud, and, and so he, he teaches them. He says... You know, God has chosen the things that are nothing. Like, there weren't many noble, weren't many wise. God has chosen that sort of people that don't, they're just the dregs of society, right? They don't, they're not impressive. But those are the people God has chosen so that he can nullify the things that are. And so that the weak things of the world will shame those which are strong. So that no man may boast before the Lord. And then look in 30, he says, but by his doing you are in Christ Jesus. And then everything he talks about in the rest of that verse is what Jesus is for them. Not what they are in themselves, which is nothing, which is trash, which is dregs, which is sinful mass of flesh. Right? Then he talks about what they are in Christ. And in Christ... Christ became to them wisdom from God and righteousness and sanctification and redemption. And all of that so that those who boast would boast in the Lord. So that Christians who know they're nothing and yet are something, not because of what they've done, but by what Christ has done for them, then they have their boast in the Lord. They reject all that, that boasting we talked about before, right? That bad boasting. So that's where uh, Paul, the Apostle Paul goes. Jeremiah 9 says this, Thus says the Lord, Let not a wise man boast of his wisdom, and let not the mighty man boast of his might. Let not a rich man boast of his riches, But let him who boasts, boasts of this, who knows the rest of it. That he understands and knows me. That I am the Lord who exercises loving kindness, justice, and righteousness on earth. 
for I delight in these things, declares the Lord. So the, the wise man can't, you know, he can't list his degrees and, and wow you with long words that you don't understand, right? Jeremy, the Lord's like, let not the wise man boast of his wisdom, or the mighty man boast of his might. The strong man, the Samson, right? The man with muscles and flowing locks and a, a stature that's intimidating and a warrior. Um, his muscles are nothing, nothing before the Lord. He can't boast in those. Let not a rich man boast of his riches, and, and perhaps that's the one we see um, maybe it's the, the wise, the seemingly wise man, but the rich man. We see the boast of rich men all the time, don't we? They believe that their money can get them out of every situation. They believe that their money is their salvation. They believe in the end that they can take that with them after they die in some weird scheme. But let him who boasts boast of this that he understands and knows me. So that's a good boast. You know, you're not boasting in your wisdom. You're not boasting in your, your, your um, strength. You're not boasting in your money. You're just boasting in the fact that, you know what, I know God. I know Jesus. It's all I have. That's, that's my boast, God. It's very simple, isn't it? But it's glorious because God is the wisest of the wise, and he's the mightiest of the mighty, and he's the richest of the rich. And you know him. And so you boast in that, that I am the Lord who exercises loving kindness, justice, and righteousness on the earth, for I delight in these things. You know the one who is merciful, the one who is just, and the one who is all righteousness. And... Um, and that is your boast. All right, so some examples of, from Scripture of, well, that's an intro. Any questions or thoughts at this point? All right, I'll keep trying. Bad boasting. Let's get some examples of bad boasting. Judges 7-2, the Lord said to Gideon, the people who are with you are too many for me to give Midian into their hands, for Israel would become boastful, saying, my power has delivered me. Right? You remember Gideon has to knock down the army several times till it's 300 men, and then God's like, okay, now you're going to go into battle, and it's going to be obvious that you had nothing to do with this because you can't beat this army. Right? But then God does his work and all their boast is taken away. God takes away their boast that they would have had if they had been a large army. And um, isn't that interesting? They would have said, Israel would have become boastful and said, my, my own power has delivered me. 1 Samuel 2.3, this is during in the midst of Hannah's song, Boast no more very proudly. Do not let arrogance come out of your mouth, for the Lord is a God of knowledge, and with him actions are weighed. Right? God is judge. God watches. God knows all things that come to pass. And we boast um, just proudly. We boast about 
what we've done. And God is sitting there weighing every one of our actions and every one of our motives. The motives of our hearts are even revealed to him. 1 Kings 20.11, this is Ahab to Ben-Hadad, king of Aram. Then the king of Israel replied, Tell him, let not him who girds on his armor boast like him who takes it off. You remember the situation there? Right? And, and Ahab is rebuking him for boasting before the battle. I mean, he's boasting while he's girding on his armor. He hasn't even won the battle and he's boasting about how it's over. And what a great rebuke. Let not him who girds on his armor boast like him who takes it off. There might be a reason to boast after you take that armor off, but certainly not before it. But the boast is easier, and that is when we boast. We boast before the main event, right? Think of boxers. What do they do leading up to a fight? Boast, 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 boast. I mean, the the talk and the chatter between... UFC fighters and boxers, and think of Muhammad Ali, and I mean, it's just like, he's, he's going to die in there. He's going to die. He's gonna, it's going to be first round, you know? He's going down in 30 seconds, boasting and boasting and boasting, and then in the 12th round, when he gets knocked out, he forgets what he said for that fight. <laughs> Literally, it's knocked out of his brain. Boasting. Psalm 20, verse 7, some boast in chariots and some in, but we will boast in the name of the Lord our God. Boasting in chariots and in horses. What does it mean in that context in this psalm to boast in chariots and horses? Military strength would be like saying boasting in nukes and submarines and tanks, you know? The weapons of warfare. Your, your what? Yes. Yes. Yeah, you're boasting in the strength of, of what's around you, boasting even in your own arm, boasting in the arms of government, and not boasting in the name of the Lord. Psalm 49, 5-6, Why should I fear in days of adversity when the iniquity of my foes surrounds me, even those who trust in their wealth and boast in the abundance of their riches? Boast in the abundance of their riches. And what does Scripture, what does our Lord say about riches? He says, Store your treasures in heaven where moth and rust can't destroy you know, and all of that is, is vapor. It's here and gone. Psalm 52, verse 1, Why do you boast in evil, O mighty man? Boasting in evil, right? Those who don't know the Lord, those who are, are set against him, um, those who hate Jesus, even though they might be mighty men, they might have power, they might have authority that God has given to them and gifts that God has given them, um, which will only fatten them up for the day of slaughter, they still boast. They boast in their evil. They boast in the wickedness that they would do. I mean, how many times out at the abortion clinic have we heard the counselors boast in killing their own children? I'd do it. I'm going to do it. 
right? I've already done it. Yeah, they were babies. I killed them. They don't, you know, they're not, they're not diluted by the clump of cells thing. They're just like, no, I killed my baby. I'd do it again. Um, Psalm, Psalm 97.7, Let all those be ashamed who serve graven images, who boast themselves of idols. Worship him. Worship God, all you gods. Boast yourself in your idols. Right? Little carved figures in wood that have no power that when it gets cold, you chop the bottom half off and use it to warm yourself in a fire. Right? That's your God you serve. Proverbs 27.1 says, Do not boast about tomorrow, for you do not know what a day may bring forth. How many boast, of a, boast about the future? You know, I'm going to turn my life around tomorrow. Tomorrow it starts. Tomorrow is the new day of my life. I'm going to do it. And it's going to be good. Boasting about tomorrow, giving no acknowledgement to God who knows what exactly is going to be happening tomorrow. Romans 1.28, and just as they did not see fit to acknowledge God any longer, so, so Paul is establishing the sinfulness of mankind, God gave them over to a depraved mind to do those things which are not proper, being filled with all unrighteousness, wickedness, greed, evil, full of envy, murder, strife, deceit, malice, they are gossips, slanderers, haters of God, insolent, arrogant, boastful, inventors of evil, disobedient to parents, un without understanding, untrustworthy, unloving, unmerciful, and th although they know the ordinance of God, that those who practice such things are worthy of death, they not only do the same, but also give hearty approval to those who practice them. So right there in the midst of all of those Sins of greed and murder, right, and, and uh, blasphemy is boasting. Boasting. Romans 2.23, the Jews had a particular boast. What was their boast? They boasted in the law. You who boast in the law... Through your breaking the law, do you dishonor God? And Paul's like, you can't boast in the law if you break the law, you fools. Are you kidding me? Your boast is an empty boast. You don't even keep the law. Romans 4.2, for if Abraham was justified by works, he has something to boast about, but not before God. Right? So if justification is by works, then all of us are just trying to get to the point that when the judgment comes and we stand before God, we have to express all of our boasts to God to get in. Right? We, ha we have to go up there and we have to say, look, I, you know, PhD, Mercedes-Benz, um, started three businesses, six foot four. Do my reps at 250 pounds. You know, stuff like that. And we go before him and, 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 and God will 
See all of that as what? Filthy rags fit to be thrown out and burned. Nothing. Galatians 5.26, let us not become boastful, challenging one another, envying one another. Isn't it interesting that boasting just begins to produce competition? It's to provoke competition. And then once we have competition, it's just the cycle of envy that goes and goes and goes and goes and goes. And we just begin envying each other. And so we begin, our motive to get better is so we can outdo a man or a woman or a friend. We just go and go and go. And that's what motivates all of the idolatry of exercise today. Seriously. They just want to look better than their friend. Or they don't want to look like their friend who doesn't look good. Right? And that's the idolatry of exercise. And, and what happens then? Well, then the other person just, you know, gets the, the Peloton and starts working out an hour and a half, two hours a day to the point where it's breaking down their joints. But man, they look good and they're outpacing somebody else. And so we boast, and then the boast works its way into what we give ourselves to, and then we challenge one another. And then we begin to envy one another when the exercise, when your love for ice cream outpaces your love for exercise. Right? I'll speak for myself. Um, Galatians 6, 13 to 14, For those who are circumcised do not even keep the law themselves, but they desire to have you circumcised so that they may boast in your flesh. But may it never be that I would boast except in the cross of our Lord Jesus Christ through which the world has been crucified to me and I to the world. Right, And so those Judaizers in, in Galatia, in the church in Galatia, wanted to have a boast, and their means of boasting was to get those Galatians to return to the law and abandon Jesus Christ as their salvation. They wanted that boast. And the way they were going to do it is they were going to get them all, to be, all the men to be circumcised. And that would indicate that they had gone back to the law and they had become Jews, and that was their salvation. And that, was, that, that is what they wanted to boast in. I mean, that's like, that's like grooming so that you can have a boast. You know? It's twisted. James 4, 13 to 4, 17. Come now, you who say today or tomorrow we will go to such and such a city and spend a year there and engage in business and make a profit. It's all going to go great. This is, the, this is the boasting in the future, right? It's, it, we're going to go there Things are going to work out. It's not going to be like it was here. Everything new, lots of money, comfort, joy. Yet you do not know what your life will be like tomorrow. You are just a vapor that appears for a little while and then vanishes away. Instead, you ought to say, if the Lord wills, we will live. And also do this or that. Maybe. 
But as it is, you boast in your arrogance, and all such boasting is evil. Therefore, to one who knows the right thing to do and does not do it, to him it is sin. So right there, we just we have this wonderful example of the boast, the boast being expressed in you do not know what your life will be like. Or the boast is today or tomorrow we will go into such and such a city, we'll start a business, we'll make money, and tomorrow is going to be way better than today. So you can boast in your planning, even in the planning of what's coming up. Now that isn't to isn't to say that there isn't godly ambition. There is godly ambition. You should, you should uh, want to grow in holiness. There, there is effort. This is a whole class on Christian rigor, right? But the attitude with which you go into anything should be if the Lord wills. If the Lord wills. Not a boastful attitude, but a humble attitude. 1 John 2, 16, For all that is in the world, the lust of the flesh and the lust of the eyes and the boastful pride of life is not from the Father, but is from the world. That boastful pride of life. Right? That's the soup we swim in. That's an American sort of soup. right? The boastful pride of life. If we don't have a boast, we feel like we're dead. Like we don't have anything, right? Everything's competition. Everything's boast. Everything is, is to get out there. Now, let's transition and talk about good boasting. So that's all the bad boasting. Well, I'll summarize the bad boasting with this question that Paul puts to the Corinthian church in chapter 4. He says, what do you have that you did not receive? That throws out all boasting because all you have now is from God, your personality, right? your strengths, your weaknesses, your material, wealth. Everything you have is from God, right? And, but the key is you haven't gotten any of that by your own effort. It's been by God, that you've received it. And so there's, there's a shift in your mind that has to take place. There's a shift in your mind from this is my kingdom to this is, this is my stewardship that God has given to me. And everything in my life is like that. You know, I've got a car with 175,000 miles and it's from the Lord. Praise God. It's still running. All right, good boasting. There are different types of good boasting. And we are commended and commanded to boast in things. Okay? And so boasting, boasting means vocalizing these things. Boasting means talking these things up. And so there's good boasting, and, and that is really what I want to focus on now. So, boasting in the good work or godliness of others. Boasting in the godliness of others. No one who is proud can do that. It takes a killing of your own envy to be able to praise the godliness of somebody else. It's very difficult for proud people like myself. Right? Right? 
right? And not about me, but about yourselves. <laughs> but we must do this, right? And, and, and it's not wrong to boast in them because we have this example. The first example is God boasting in his son. This is my son in whom I am well pleased. Listen to him. He's boasting in the, in the glory of his son's perfections and work and, and, uh, and incarnation, right? So um, God is, is boasting in him, and it's announced to everybody who's there. This is my beloved son. But Paul also does it, 2 Corinthians 9, For it is superfluous for me to write to you about the ministry to the saints, for I know your readiness. Okay, so... So Paul, one of the things he wants to do is take a collection back to Jerusalem. And the churches he goes to, he's raising that collection. And he's writing about that. For it is, not, for it is superfluous for me to write to you about this ministry to the saints. For I know your readiness, of which I boast about you to the Macedonians. Namely, that Achaia has been prepared since last year. And your zeal has stirred up most of them. But I have sent the brethren in order that our boasting that you may not be made um, about you may not be made empty in this case, so that, as I was saying, you may be prepared. Otherwise, if any Macedonians come with me and find you unprepared, we, not to speak of you, will be put to shame by this condition. So I thought it necessary to urge the brethren that they would go on ahead to you and arrange beforehand your previously promised bountiful gift so that the same would be ready as a bountiful gift and not affected by covetousness. Right there. So he's saying he, he's boasting about the Macedonians to other churches because they want to give and they want to give even beyond their means. They like really want to give to the needs of the saints in Jerusalem. And he's boasting about it. Right? And he's also, he's also coming back to them and saying, look, don't, don't make our boast empty. Really fulfill the gift that you... So he's, he's being sophisticated in the way he's speaking. I mean, that's why I say whenever, whenever you read First and Second Corinthians, Paul is using every method he can to win these, this church. Right? But, so, but he has a boast, and he's praising them for their generosity. Right? We do that. Can we boast in other people's godliness? Can we boast in other people's good works? Or, or, or are you desperate for your own boast in your own works, your own generosity, the things that you've determined are godly about yourself? Well, set those things aside and see who you can boast in in the church, in your family, in your friends. There's another good boast. So that was the first one, boasting for the godliness of other people. There's another good boast, and that's boasting in weakness. Now, that's weird, because every other boast that we've been talking about is boasting in strength, right? It's how you're better, stronger, faster, smarter. It's how you're ahead of everybody else. But now, Scripture commends to us boasting in your weakness. The natural man cannot boast in his weakness. The unregenerate, non-Holy Spirit 
uh, in, you know, enlivened person cannot boast in their weakness. Their weakness is to them the reason they are depressed. But 2 Corinthians 12, 1 through 10, listen to this. Boasting is necessary, though it is not profitable. But I will go on to visions and revelations of the Lord. And I know a man in Christ who 14 years ago, whether in the body I do not know or out of the body I do not know, God knows, such a man was caught up to the third heaven. And I know how such a man, whether in the body or apart from the body, I don't know, God knows, was caught up into paradise and heard inexpressible words which a man is not permitted to speak. I mean, can you imagine your boast? Hey, I've been to heaven. I was in the third heaven. I got to hear the, angel, the concert of angels. And no one else was invited except for me. It was wonderful. On behalf of such a man, I will boast. But on my own behalf, I will not boast, even except in regard to my weakness. So this is Paul talking about himself. We all know that, right? And he, he sort of starts by making you feel like he's talking about somebody else. But right in that statement, you see, on behalf of such a man, I will boast. But on my own behalf, I will not boast, about all those glories, but I will boast now in my weakness. Not that I went to the third heaven and stood before God and heard the angel choirs, but now I'm going to boast in my weakness. For if I do wish to boast, I will not be foolish, for I will be speaking the truth. But I refrain from this, so that no one will credit me with more than he sees in me or hears from me. Because of the surpassing greatness of the revelations for this reason, to keep me from exalting myself, there was given me a thorn in the flesh, a messenger of Satan to torment me, to keep me from exalting myself. So he would have left there with, if, if, if God had not arranged that, whatever that torture in the flesh was, Paul would have come out of that experience and would have been absolutely incorrigible. He just would have boasted and boasted and his ministry would be about, let me tell you about the time I was in heaven. He would have written one of those books, I died and went to heaven. You know? And he would have been lost to the church. But God comes along and afflicts him. Could have been his eyes. We don't know. He says that the Galatians would have plucked out their eyes and given them to him. Something along those lines. It seems like it was a bodily, it was a thorn in the flesh. And that was meant to keep him from boasting, from exalting himself. Concerning this, I implored the Lord three times that it might leave me. And he, he said to me, my grace is sufficient for you, for power is perfected in weakness. Paul, you are going to be sanctified Power is going to be perfected in you and it's going to come through suffering, weakness, losses, being stoned numbers of times, taking lashes on the back, being shipwrecked, losing friends, being the dregs of society, and then finally being martyred. 
And he said to me, my grace is sufficient for you, for power is perfected in weakness. Most gladly, therefore, I will rather boast about my weaknesses so that the power of Christ may dwell in me. Therefore, I am well content with weaknesses, with insults, with distresses, with persecutions, with difficulties for Christ's sake. For when I am weak, then I am strong. Oh, Calvin says, our weakness may seem as if it were an obstacle in the way of God's perfecting his strength in us. Paul does not merely deny this, but maintains, on the other hand, that it is only when our weakness becomes apparent that God's strength is duly perfected. It's only when our weaknesses come out. So boasting in our weakness is counter to every sinful fiber of our being. Right? But as Calvin says, it is only those who know their weakness who will find their salvation in somebody else, in Christ. So to boast in our weakness is to acknowledge before God and before men that we need a Savior. I'm weak. I have nothing to commend myself to God. I need the Lord Jesus Christ. What a shame it would be if we were known for our strength and not for our weakness. Do people know you for your strength? You know? Oh, he's a genius. Ought that genius not be known for the fact that he is condemned to hell away from Jesus Christ and that he talks about that all the time and says, yeah, I'm an idiot. I know nothing, but this I do know. That Jesus Christ died to save me from my sins. And that's my singular boast. That's the only thing I have. What a shame it would be if we treated Christianity as a 12-step program and not as a proclamation of our utter dependence on the grace of God. Think of the publican and the sinner. Publicans boasting in his tithing of mint, dill, and cumin and and the, the sinner is just beating his breast saying, I, I'm the sinner. And then the final thing, so boasting in our weakness. And the final thing is boasting in the Lord. Let him who boasts, boast in the Lord. Fundamentally, this is boasting in the cross of our Lord Jesus Christ, right? In that Galatians 6 passage that I read earlier. Whatever you boast about is what you are saying is your source of joy and salvation, whatever you boast about. The cross is your eternal salvation, and nothing else has the power to save you. So any boast outside of it is lauding of self. It's lauding of your own power. And the cross is disgusting to those who boast in their self because it reveals the powerlessness of all self-effort. That's what the cross does. It reveals the powerlessness of all the effort of man save himself. The grace of God in the cross of Christ reveals the powerlessness of every other thing we might be tempted to boast in. And boasting in the cross leads to the world being crucified to us. It is dead and does not have possession of us. Boasting in the cross is to proclaim to the world, my flesh and my heart may fail, but God is the strength of my heart and my portion forever. And so that's, and so final thoughts, we got to be done. What, what do you boast about? Stop and think about the things you boast about. What 
at the end of the day, when you look back on what you said to people, what will you have boasted in? Think about what you say before other people. Is it the godliness of others, your weakness, the cross of Jesus Christ? Or is it your strength? Or is it God's strength that you talk about? What does your boasting reveal about your source of joy and delight? Your source of worth. Boast in Christ. Vocalize that boast. Boast. Boast in him. Be fools for Christ and say, look, yeah, I got nothing other than the Lord Jesus Christ who is preparing a place for me to live eternally to praise his name. That's what I got. Let's pray. Father, we pray that you would help us to leave off all of our foolish and wicked boasting and that we would boast only in you. In Jesus' name we pray, amen.